You've got to call things that are not as though they were. One translation says they, it calls non-existent, non-existent things as though they already exist. When, when Abraham was incapable of having a, chill, a child at almost 100 years old, and Sarah, who was always barren, was never able to have children, when God came to them in Genesis chapter 17, He called Abraham a father of many nations. He called Sarah the mother of a multitude. What, were, what did, was he at that moment able to have children? No. Was she able to give birth to a child? No. It ceased to be with her after the manner of women. The Bible tells us that. She had went through menopause. She had went through the change of life. She no longer had the physical vitality or energy to have a child. Abraham did not have the ability to father a child. But God called them something. And they, were, they had a faith in God and they started calling themselves what God called them. And when you start calling yourself what God calls you, it doesn't just get better. Everything changes. Hebrews chapter 11 says that Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Everything changed. Her body was revitalized. Her body was remade. It was healed. There was a creative miracle that took place because she chose to call herself what God called her. Hallelujah. And Abraham was so rejuvenized that he not only gave uh, fathered Isaac, he fathered six more kids. Hallelujah. How'd they do that? By calling things that aren't. Calling things that aren't as though they were. Right? And there will be people that say, well, you know, I just, I believe you got to call it like it is. Then if you go into your house tonight and it's 85 degrees, don't you dare go change the temperature. Because you just call it like it is. And if you go and you, you take that thermostat and you start calling for 71 and it's 80, you're calling things that be not as though they were. If you're going to call it like it is, just sweat, baby, just sweat. Because you're calling it like it is. Amen. Hallelujah. When, when you go out in the backyard and you want the dog, but the dog getting around, don't call him. Because you're calling things that aren't as though they were. The dog's not there. Don't, don't start saying, here dog, here dog, come here dog. <laughs> don't do that because you're calling things that be not as though they are. If you call it like it is, you've got to go out there and say, nowhere dog, pooch isn't here, he's not around. Is that right? I, I know that's, that's humorous, but that's what you got to do. Amen. When you go out in the backyard and you call for the dog and you don't see the dog, you're calling things that be not as though they were. Yeah, yeah but pastor, I know the dog's there. Listen, you should know that what you want from God is yeah. there. there. You got to call it like you call the dog. He's there. It exists. Yeah. It exists in the Word. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You, so you, you've got to call those things that be not as though they were. Well, what if I don't feel well? What do I tell people? You tell them you're healed. Well, what if they say I don't look healed? You say, well, praise God, I'm taking healing anyway. 
I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. By faith's very nature, it has to be spoken and released before you're going to see the results. Hallelujah. You cannot create if you will not call. If you won't call it, you can't create it. Amen. Now, I share these things just not to tell you my business, but this is how you got to operate. When we pull up to our house, here's what we say. Lord, thank you for a 106 paid for Ponca. People say, what are you doing? Calling it paid for. It's paid for. Amen. If somebody says, what do you owe on your house? First thing we say is, well, we're calling it paid for. Yeah, but you owe this. That doesn't matter. Abraham could not father a child when God called him the father of many nations. And he is the father of our faith. I'm supposed to imitate that. Be followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Amen. Well, I need a new car. You're not calling anything. You're just stating the deficit. You got to start calling. I say you got to start calling. Well, what do I need to do? You need to find out what, what car do you want? What car do you believe God wants you to have? Well, God don't care about cars. Well, there you go. See, you'll, you'll just get any old thing then. You, you can't say things like that. Because if you don't believe God cares about it, you'll never call something. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I just want a better car. What kind of better car? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I, uh, I had my, my book out today. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have it out tonight. But I've, I, I went through and, and, and based confessions for what we were believing God for off the Word of God because it's specific to us. When we were believing God for the house that the Lord blessed us with, I, I, went, I went through the, the, the Word of God and found scriptures about houses and, and, and wrote them out and, 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 and began to call for the thing that we were believing God for. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Our, and, and the last confession I made, I said, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for our beautiful brick home that comes to us in a perfect way in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I, I wrote it out. It's filled with precious treasures and beautiful draperies. It's a place where the peace of God reigns. Amen. You leave nothing to chance because you're creating your world. Oh, hallelujah. So that's not just saying the right thing. That's releasing the creative power of God into your life. That's releasing the creative power of God in your life. When we speak the promises of God, the power of God, we're calling for what the Word says belongs to us. For instance, the scripture I quoted, when you walk through your house, you know, talk about what you don't have. Call your house barren. Well, I'll tell you what, there's nothing on these walls. We don't have anything on these walls. It's blank walls. Tell you what, we can't afford anything. Well, see, now you're calling your house barren. You, you need to walk through saying, my house is filled with all pleasant and precious riches. Amen. Wisdom has built her house. 
She has hewed her seven pillars. Amen. In other words, I have the wisdom for my house. I have the wisdom for, boy, I I call my grass. I call my grass weed free. I call my grass lush. Amen. I talk to my rose bushes. Oh, grow, baby. You're beautiful in the name of Jesus. Call them. Call them. People say, but, you know, Pastor, that's rose bushes and and houses. I I really need something important in my life. You've got to take the same principles and call for it. It it doesn't change. If if the doctor says you have this, don't just get in agreement with what he said. Start calling for what you want. Glory be to God. Well, you know, the doctor says, well, you know, you got high blood pressure. Start calling for regulated blood pressure. Start calling for perfect blood pressure. Lord, whatever I need to change. If I need to change something, tell me. But my blood pressure will be, will be 120 over 80. I will have the perfect blood pressure in the name of Jesus. Because I'm calling for something else. Hallelujah. We... Let, let me say this. Don't just put up with circumstances. Amen. Don't just put up with them. That's not faith. Faith is not just putting up with something. Just holding on. I remember being a boy growing up in church, the Pentecostal church. Those preachers used to love to preach on holding on. You got to hold on. <laughs> then they'd grab the pulpit. Ah! And I appreciate it. They, they were great men and women of God to me. But boy, we learned a lot about holding on. But the Lord said to me one time, He said, faith is not a hanging on, it's a standing on. Faith is what you stand on. Don't just put up with circumstances. Release the creative power of God from your lips and create a different circumstance. Create a different circumstance. We can speak God's words after him and they'll work for us. They'll work for us. Notice over in Mark 11. Oh, hallelujah. You knew we'd get to Mark 11. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, of course, we, 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 we read Mark 11. I remember Brother Hagin told a story. Back in, he said it was back in the 50s, and he was at a church. Uh, he had been there, I think he'd been there a couple weeks, three weeks, something like that. And he said one day he was praying in the, in the sanctuary, and he was laying on the altar. He'd been there praying for a while, and he was just meditating on Mark 16, the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And he said, I was just meditating on that. And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, did you notice in Mark chapter 11, Verse 23 through 24, he said that it says to believe once and to say three times. And he said, I told the Lord, I said, no, Lord, I never, rec- I never known that. And he said, well, go over there and look at it. And, you know, so let's look at it. And you know how Brother Hagin would do it. But he said in, in verse 23, he would say, for verily I say unto you. Now, of course, that's Jesus saying. So he would say that doesn't count. That whosoever shall say, he'd hold up one finger. Unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, hold up one finger, that those things which he saith, hold up two fingers, shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. So Jesus said three times, 
to say and believe once. And the Lord told Brother Hagin, he said, he said, my people, that means they need to be saying three times as much as they're believing. Now, see, these are things we, we got to keep a hold on or we lose them. So I've, I've, the Lord told Charles Caps, he said, your confession is to your faith what thrust is to an airplane engine. If you want to go faster, you got to increase the thrust. If you want things to happen faster in your life, you have to increase your saying. Amen. Amen. In 1978, in Hickory, Hickory, North Carolina, he was preaching. Brother Caps was preaching. And, and, and the Lord spoke through him. And he said, the Lord told him, I have told my people they can have what they say. And they're saying what they have. Now, there's times I've got to do, I've got to do it. So, you know, as spiritual as I am, if I got to do it, I know you have to do it. That's a joke. Thank you, DJ. You got it. Hallelujah. I, there's times I've got to check up and say, now, Lord, why isn't this happening? Because what a lot of people do in the church is they blame the devil. Well, the devil's fighting and the devil's fighting and this and that. Well, the devil, you know, the devil fights. It's what the devil does. But I've got to check up. Am I saying what I need to be saying? Am I saying it as much as I need to be saying it? The Lord told Brother Charles, he said, My word has never lost its power, but my people will not give voice to my word. It's never lost its power, but my people won't give voice to my word. He went on to tell him, my word is settled in heaven, but I need my people to open their mouth and settle it in the earth. Hallelujah. So don't just put up with circumstances. Jesus said, if you speak to the mountain, notice, to be removed, be cast in the sea, Notice the last part. You'll have what you say. You'll have what you say. We don't deny the existence of the mountain. We deny the right of it to exist in our way. You are in my way and you are going to move. Right? Isn't that what he said? You speak to the mountain and you tell it to move. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't, we, we, <clears throat> we don't see it as in our way. We see it in the way the Word said it. Removed. removed. Well, what if I get up tomorrow and, and it looks like that mountain's still there? What did you tell it to do? Amen. To be removed. Amen. So now, wait a minute. This trumps everything else. If you acted on this... That's what's happening right now. And one day, you, if you'll stay with it, you don't, you don't speak to the mountain again. Now, look, I told you to move. Now, you move. No, praise God. Thank God the mountain moved. I see it as removed. And what will happen? You'll get up one day, and you'll look out your spiritual kitchen window, if we can say it that way, and you'll see that mountain gone. Well, what happened? What happened? The Word of God rotted the thing out from the inside. 
It was working the whole, when you said it, it started working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we don't see it as in our way. We see it the way the Word said it, removed. Say it out loud. Say the mountain has been removed. Say it one more time. The mountain has been removed. You say it the way the Word says it. If we say the mountain's still there, when the Word says it's removed, we establish it. I establish the mountain. Hallelujah. But if we confess its removal, when we get there, it'll be gone. I told people in healing school one time, they say, well, you know, the doctor doesn't know what's wrong. Well, that's fine. By the time they figure it out, you'll be healed. You just confess the word. The, the doctor doesn't have to know what you have for God to heal you. <laughs> Amen. Well, they can't figure it out. Well, God bless them. They can't figure a lot of things out. But that doesn't stop God from being able to heal you. By the time they figure it out, you'll be well. <laughs> Hallelujah. If, if, if you look at this principle, when Jesus was uh, on a ministry trip and they sent word to him and they said, uh, uh, Lazarus, the one that you love is sick. And you remember it says that Jesus stayed another three days, I believe it was. And then they sent him word and said, well, Lazarus has died. Right? And Jesus told the disciples, you know, we're going to go and and uh, see our friend Lazarus, you know, because he's, uh, you know, he's sleeping. And they said, well, Lord, if he's sleeping, he's doing well. And then it says Jesus said plainly that he had died. Now, understand something. This is so important. I've heard people over the years, some people in, in, in our circles, and I'm not being critical, but, but, but they kind of try to make that not sound like what it sounds like. Jesus said he died. That's what Jesus said. He said plainly he died. That that didn't change something. I'm going to show you something. When they got to Bethany, Mary came, or Martha came to Jesus first. And she said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Now watch this. It says Jesus said to her, I told you that your brother will live again. I told you. I said something to you. When Mary came and she said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Jesus said to Mary, your brother will live again. And she said, yes, Lord, I know. In the resurrection, he'll live. And Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And I told you something. Somewhere between getting there, he had communication with them. Because he put that in the past tense. I told you, I said to you. I told you, your brother. What was he doing? He's creating something. Before Jesus ever got to Bethany, he had already set the stage for Lazarus to live again. In Jesus' mind, it was as good as done. And then, amen, when she said, I know he'll live again in the resurrection, it says Jesus groaned in his spirit. 
And you know, I've heard great theological wonders preach on that and talk about, oh, look at, look at the heart of Jesus. He's so mourning his dead friend. You know, you really, you really got to insert a lot of religion in there to mess that up. Why would he be mourning somebody that he knew he was going to raise from the dead? He said he'll live again. What, what do you need to be saying is going to live again? Because it, it'll go the way you say it. I have what I say. It's what Jesus said. If you speak to the mountain and you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. And, 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 and it says Jesus wept. Jesus wasn't crying over Lazarus. He was crying over the unbelief. When it says he groaned in his spirit, the Greek is, he was exasperated. It wasn't like, oh, it was like, it was like, are they ever going to get it? And when he stood before the tomb, you remember what he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And you always hear me. And I'm not praying for my sake. I'm praying for those around me so that they'll know I'm of you. Watch. And then he said, move the stone. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. That final said was just the exclamation point on what he had already said. It it was just the end of what he had already said. He already said Lazarus will live again. It was just just the issue of getting him out of the grave now. (laughs) If I told you this tonight, would you believe me? It's just the issue of you getting the check to bring you out of debt. That's that... You're already out of debt because you've already said you're out of debt. So now debt's the mountain. Now debt is the mountain and you've denied it the right to exist in your way. So you no longer see it as in your way. You see it the way the word said it. You see it removed. So you talk about things like you're debt free. 106 paid for punka. Or wherever you live. One, two, three, paid for ABC court. Amen. Amen. That's my paid for vehicle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I got student loans. Well, what do you need to do with them? Pull them out, set them on your table and tell them to be paid. That's what we did. God told me I need you out of debt. And I put, uh, we got all of our debt. I was looking at it the other day, $210,000 at that point in debt. Now, the Lord did some wonderful things, gave us some wisdom, but we hadn't talked to that. We hadn't talked to it. We, we printed it out. One of the first things we did was we printed it out, and, and my wife took uh, one of those red stamps that say paid in full and stamped it across the, the, the debt, paid in full. Hallelujah. And when people say, how much money do you owe? We say, the Lord has paid off $210,000. Yeah, but it wasn't paid off. To you, it wasn't paid off. I had received what I said. We, we, we took that with us. We, we'd take, we were at the minister's conference. 
in uh, January. And, uh, and we were going in the minister's conference. And Pastor Michelle said, oh, wait a minute. I thought, what'd she do? Forget her, you know, makeup, lipstick, what? You know, and she ran back out to the car. She goes, I forgot my list. Now, now understand why we did that. We had been in so many meetings where we heard preachers say that they were preaching. <laughs> and, they, and, and the Lord would move on them and say, you know, uh, if you're in debt, the Lord told me to pay your debt off. If you know how much you owe. We were not going to let, we were not going to chance it. Amen. It became so real to us. Amen. And, and you know, when, when the balance was finally zero, it didn't surprise us. I'll be very honest with you. We didn't dance around. We had already received it. We received it when we owed in the natural $210,000. Now, we were grateful. Don't misunderstand me. We shouted, but it didn't surprise us because we quit seeing it as in our way. We saw it removed. So if a person's always talking about how much debt they have, when the word says it's removed, then you establish it and you grant it the right to exist in your life. I have to, re- I have to revoke its right to exist. Now, I'm not telling you that, de- that debt is sinful or anything of that nature. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not even telling you it's wrong. You've got to do what you believe the Lord told you to do. But if you're believing to get out of debt, you don't just come out of debt because you want to. You, you come out of debt because you call it that way. Yeah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I, I've heard people say, well, but you know, if you've got student loans, I mean, you'll go to your grave with them student loans. No. The Lord paid those off. We, pay, we, we, we paid for the first two years of our oldest daughter's college and, and, and through student loans. And then the, the, the third year, she did some things on her own. But, but still, yeah, there's those student loans. And, you know, they accrue interest, I mean, like ants go to honey. And, and we had to stop listening to things. You know, I, I'd hear people say, well, yeah, you, once you get old Sally Mae in your life, you can't get rid of her. That old girl comes to stay. And I finally looked at one of them and I said, we're kicking Sally out. Get out of here. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I look back on that. I don't know how the Lord did that. I mean, I know the principles. Where'd the money come from? I didn't get a raise. The church didn't give me a higher salary. Pastor Michelle didn't get a raise. Matter of fact, at that time, she was giving most of her check back to the church. And the Lord brought us out. And the biggest amount of money that came to us was $24,697. Rounded off, it was $25,000. That was, that was what we, we owed. A guy called me, texted me. When I got back from the minister's conference, as a matter of fact, I walked in the church and, and I got a text. And his question was, Pastor, how much money do you need? When I, I didn't have to think about it. I texted him back, $24,695.92, something like that, 29 cents. 
And he said, okay. And that night, he walked in my office with an envelope that had $25,000 cash in it. I was out of debt. I was out of debt. Amen. Now, now the Lord gave us ideas, gave us favor with people. People settled bills, settled debts. But before we ever called those people, I remember when I was calling the, 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 the mortgage lender. And the Lord had told me what to do. And I called him. And now, don't misunderstand me. I wasn't rude. But I told him what I was going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And the lady said, well, we'll have to meet and see if that's acceptable. I said, well, y'all go ahead and meet, but that's what I'm going to do. And she called me a, a few hours later, and she said, well, this is amazing. They agreed. I told the mountain to move. This, do you see what I'm saying? If we say the mountain's still there, when the word says it's removed, we establish it. But if we confess it's removal, when we get there, it'll be gone. When you confess, for I'm using debt as an example, when you confess that you're out of debt, everything that can help you come out of debt begins to work in your favor. God begins to position people that can help you. God begins to position people in certain situations that can help you. Uh, amen. Not, not just with money, with ideas, with settlements, with whatever the case may be, whatever it takes to get out of debt. Hallelujah. Because you're creating a debt-free environment. And you talk about it debt-free. Amen. Don't, 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 don't get your mortgage statement and talk about uh, these, these people just trying to get blood out of a turnip. I just... Amen. The Bible says bless and don't curse. Amen. Lord, thank you. You give me the money to double up on my mortgage payment. Thank you, Father. I have more than enough to pay two payments or whatever it may be. But you're creating that environment. You're creating that environment. If, if, if you're believing God for a better vehicle, you need to start right now painting a picture of how good that new vehicle is going to look in your garage. Hallelujah. You're, you're creating an environment. And it's not, it's not just about things. It's, it's whatever. If you're sick in your body, you've got, to start, you've got to start creating an environment, creating a picture of your, you healthy and well and whole, and you're calling yourself that. Amen. I'm not telling you to deny anything. If, if, the, if the doctor says you have uh, diabetes, I mean, you can't deny that. I mean, it's there. They, they, they found it. They saw it. But you can, you can refrain from calling yourself a diabetic. You can call yourself healed. You, 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 can, you can take a shot of insulin calling yourself healed. You can take a, 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 a diabetic medicine in pill form calling yourself well. You don't have to agree with the diagnosis. Well, what if I had a part of it? Well, repent and tell the Lord you know you had a part in it and just then call yourself healed. Hallelujah. Don't call it yours. It's not your sugar. Your headache, your arthritis, it's not yours. Because yours defines, denotes ownership. You've told it to move. You don't want it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. 
Hallelujah. My heart trouble. My bad eyes. My ears are no good. Well, the Bible says the Lord has made the hearing ear and the seeing eye. And I wrote in my Bible, both of mine are good. Amen. See, you're creating an environment. You're creating an environment. And too many people in the church world, I want to close, but too many people in, in, in the church world, they, they fall into talking like everybody else talks. Amen. Hallelujah. And they talk about how bad things are. Oh, the economy's going to pot. Don't know what we're going to do. We got this administration. Dear Lord, things were going so well. So what stopped them? The government does not create my environment. Hallelujah. Whatever goes on in your neighbor's house does not have to go on in your house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you're creating something different. You're creating something different. Let's say some things, shall we? Hallelujah. Let's say some things. Glory to God. Say this out loud. Say, Father, your word is settled in heaven. So therefore, tonight, I settle it in the earth. I declare by the word of God, I'm out of debt. My needs are met. I have plenty more to put in store. I have all sufficiency in all things. I abound to every good work. There is no lack. There is no shortage. For my God supplies all of my need according to His riches in glory. So therefore, I say money is no problem. I declare according to the word, my body is healed. My body is whole. My body is pain free. I am the healed of the Lord. I have received my healing. I take it. I have it. It belongs to me now. I declare I have soundness of mind. I have ultimate wisdom. I have complete understanding of every situation, of every circumstance that comes my way. I cannot be deficient in wisdom or understanding. For Jesus has made unto me wisdom. And I declare that the light of God's word shines upon my pathway. It is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It has entered my life and therefore the light has entered my life. For the entrance of your word gives light. I do not walk in darkness. I walk in the light. I declare, according to the word of God, I am the sheep of God. I know his voice. And I respond immediately. And another voice, I will not follow. I cannot be fooled. I can, I cannot be fooled. I know the voice of God. And I respond accordingly. And therefore, Father, I give you praise and glory. I worship you because I have what I say in Jesus' name.
Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise for that tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 It will all come to pass. It shall all come to pass. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I believe God. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up tonight, shall we?